Welcome back to another edition of the Edge Podcast. Publisher Brendan Slaughter joined, as always, by recruiting analyst Jared Hollis here for BeaversEdge.com. We're back with another edition of the Edge Podcast, talking to you following Oregon State's win over Stanford to reach win number six. Round of applause for Oregon State as they get back to the postseason for the first time since 2013. And we're also going to be looking ahead to uh, Oregon State's final game of the regular season at home their home finale against Arizona State uh, this next weekend. Again, welcoming you into the Edge podcast, Brendan Slaughter, joined as always by recruiting analyst Jared Hallis. Jared, it took a couple more weeks than we expected. It wasn't against Cal. It wasn't against Colorado. But the sixth win finally arrived. And just I'm curious what your thoughts were uh, um, just on getting it and uh, on the matchup itself. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a heck of a game, man. If you, uh, if you tuned into our, our predictions, you'd know that I was just flat wrong. Um, what I thought was going to happen, you know, I play – I always – when I do my predictions, I was, I was just play out a – think of a few scenarios in my head <clears throat> that I feel the game could go. And then I just asked myself, which one do you think is the most likely? And just based on the way they played the weeks before, I, I was like, okay. Obviously, there there's <clears> – <throat> One way that it can go with the the defensive coordinator stuff being that, you know, they look like a new unit. They come out firing. Uh, defense plays great. Or, I mean, that's one way, obviously, the one way that everyone wants it to go. Or, you know, it can be not as good. It's uh, There's a lot of distractions because of everything that's going on, and the team necessarily doesn't handle it quite as well. So I was in the line of thinking that it wasn't going to be <clears throat> as pretty as it was. Um so I was super happy to see them come out there and, and play the way they did. I mean, they, they really proved me wrong, and I put it, I put it uh, on the damn board just saying, you know, hey, I was definitely way off, and I'm, I'm pretty happy to say it because it, it was a heck of a game. It was, and it was a big game for Oregon State for a lot of reasons, mostly, as you mentioned, to get to win number six. That's a huge, huge accomplishment for this program and a huge accomplishment, and congratulations are obviously in order – for Jonathan Smith and, and this group this year that finally was able to get over the hump and, you know, perhaps even, you know, just as important, Jared, they were able to get off that two-game losing streak. I mean, you go back to the Utah win, so much optimism after beating Utah 42-34. Then you go on the road. You have two really out-of-character games. It leads to a coaching change. You know, you come back. Oregon State is able to put all that noise aside take care of business against Jared respectfully, a very bad Stanford team. Yeah, they, they certainly, I mean, you, you talked about it a lot last week in the podcast, just saying that the Stanford team's not, not what we're used to. It's not your, not your grandpa Stanford. Um, and that ended up being definitely being the case. I mean, I, I wanted to give them a bit more credit than I guess they deserved. <laughs> because I thought I really, I thought, they had it in them at least to, to make it a closer game than they did. But definitely, again, I was definitely, definitely off on that one. And yeah, they, they took advantage. Oregon State took advantage of, uh, of what has been a pretty, pretty down year for, for those guys. Yeah, it was definitely a big key for, you know, you look at, you know, what Trent Bray was able to do as interim defensive coordinator holding the Cardinal at just 14 points and, you know, not a very productive day on the offensive side of the ball. And, you know, you look at that kind of on two hands. On one hand, you say Oregon State made some great adjustments. On the other hand, you look and say Stanford's without Tanner McKee, their starting quarterback. They were throwing out there a true freshman. 
they ended up rotating, I want to say, three or four different quarterbacks. At one point, uh, Jared, I was up in the press box scrambling through because Stanford went with a quarterback who wasn't even on their depth chart. So that's yeah. kind of like where they were in the contest. We saw guys coming in at Wildcat, very different things. But above all else, the most important thing is that Oregon State was able to take care of business because, you know, you go back this season, Stanford handed Oregon their only loss this year. So it's not to say that the Cardinal haven't had, you know, uh, the ability to be good at times. I just think injuries and just kind of the end of the season kind of caught up with them a little bit. But in my opinion, Jared, I don't see Stanford as being dramatically worse or dramatically better than Cal and Colorado. I just see Oregon State has finally got back into their own groove and played that they're capable of because, you know, you look back at those two previous games, you know, the loss to Cal and the double overtime loss to Colorado. And then you look at Stanford and you're like, is it really simply just the home and road thing here? Is it, you know, the change in coordinator? Is it the Beavers got back on track? There's still a little bit to be found out about this team. And I think that's, what's got me so excited for this finale home finale rather against Arizona state, just to see if, those adjustments, particularly defensively, can continue to carry over. I completely agree. And not to, to justify my, my bad take in our predictions, but that's pretty much the mindset that I took going into it was like, okay, you know, they've, they've played Cal, they've played Colorado, two teams that I really don't think Stanford is, is too much worse than, if at all. Um, so, again, I was kind of just in the mindset, like, what about Stanford is worse than Cal and Colorado. Why wouldn't they be able to do this? Um, and uh, <laughs> that just wasn't the case. They they certainly didn't play very well. And as you mentioned, I think it was a lot more of just Oregon State finally playing the way that we know they can and, and, and have already this season. So it was really good to see them right the ship again. Uh, as you mentioned, obviously getting that sixth win was massive. We've talked about it for weeks and weeks. We talked about it before the season even started, uh, just about how – it was kind of kind of bowler bust for for Jonathan Smith this season, and to see that kind of come to fruition, it's really satisfying because you know we all I think we all believe in what he's able to do, and even though things kind of took a little longer than we expected, and I, I kind of want to visit that statement too. But just to finish up, even though they took a little bit longer than they expected, they, it still happened. Uh, the goal that I think you and I both set for the season has now been met. And there's still room to improve. So that's a that's a good thing. But I'm curious what your your opinion is. Let's just say someone came to you before the season, and obviously there's still two games left, so we don't know how the, the season's gonna end. But let's say someone came up to you and said Oregon State's gonna go six and six this year. Would you be satisfied with that? Um and even even if you didn't know the teams that they beat and lost to? It's a good question. You know, um, I would say that just for the reasons that you mentioned, you would have to call it a satisfying season. Um, you know, knowing what we know now, given that the Beavers had five wins way back, you know, mid-October, just about, you know, you probably would have expected, you know, maybe a couple wins more. But as you mentioned, the season's not over yet. I mean, getting to a bowl game was the capstone of this season. Right. Obviously, you know, the there were maybe some wins that created maybe some bigger optimism and some losses that maybe kind of drained that optimism back out of the drain a little bit. But for the most part, Jared, it was all about cap, like putting a capstone on the Jonathan Smith quote unquote 
rebuild. And you're not a rebuilding team in the case of Oregon State when you're making bowl games. So that's where I see Oregon State is now ascending as opposed to rebuilding. You've gotten yourself out of the gutter. You're no longer the, you know, 2017 team that, or 2018 team even that, you know, didn't look very well against Pac-12 teams, had some lopsided games, but brick by brick, Jonathan Smith and his staff have, you know, built this team up, transfer portal, new guys, solid recruits, and they've gotten themselves to a point where they believe in each other. And we saw that belief play out in the win over Stanford. And you could just see from Jonathan Smith, from the seniors that have been here, Jared, since that, you know, 2017 season, it it was one of the most satisfying moments of their lives, without doubt, just because of the effort that it's taken to get to six wins. And then you think back to two years ago, a lot of these guys were on that team when they were so close to getting to number six, you know, in 2019 with games against Washington state and Oregon to round out the year. So in that respect, Jared, I think it is a successful season because at the end of the day, Beavers, Edgers, whoever, they're going to have a bowl game to go to, should they choose to go to it. And I think that's all the fan base could have wanted this year. Now, that's not to be con, con, uh, you know, mixed up with arriving. Jonathan Smith and his staff won't be satisfied with a 6-6 six and six season. But what I can tell you is, in the context of where Oregon State's came from, it's absolutely a successful season. I, I completely agree. And I, I mean, that was, a, that was a really good breakdown of, of really the answer that I kind of agree with as well. Because I have a feeling that – and I, I – I don't think this is going to happen. I think Oregon State's going to win at least one of these next two games. I'm not sure if it's going to be against Oregon uh, or or Arizona State, but I think they're. I, I don't think they're going to finish with just six wins. Um, but even if that were to be the case, I have a feeling that there would be some sort of frustration, which which is, I mean, it, it's rightful in some senses, but really. I think that, like you said, I mean, getting getting to that sixth win, I think we, when you start five and two, again, you, you really set the bar a little bit higher. Um, but I think it's good good that they were able to accomplish that, that bold eligibility mark um, and definitely something that even if worst-case scenario does happen these last two games, you can hang your hat on uh, going into the offseason or going into your bowl game. But, again, I, I don't think that's going to be the case. And they obviously have a really good opportunity on Saturday and, I mean, these guys are just – they're hard to beat at home, man. I mean, I agree. Yeah, no, I mean, it's its its the home – its it's the Reeser Stadium home cooking, man. I mean, you look at the 5-0 and record they've had this year. They have a chance, Jared, if they beat Arizona State this next weekend, to go undefeated at home for the first time ever in a 12-game schedule format and only the second time all time joining the uh, 2000 Beavers that obviously went down to the Fiesta Bowl and uh, capped that season off with a uh, victory over Notre Dame. That was the only other team in school history to post a 6-0 record at home. That's pretty good company to join if Oregon State could knock off Arizona State at Reeser this weekend. Absolutely, absolutely. And I mean, I, I don't think I'm going to be picking against them, not to spoil my pick, but <laughs> I, I think I learned my lesson. And although Arizona State is definitely a better team than they've seen in, in recent weeks. I, I, I mean, there's just no reason to doubt this team at home. They're, they've uh, they've not let anybody down yet, and I don't see it happening this week either. Yeah, again, Oregon State's final uh, home contest of the season, Saturday, 7.30 uh, kickoff time. ESPN, the Beavers, uh, get off the Pac-12 network schneid where they have been on 
They have been televised on Pac-12 Network, Jared, every single week <laughs> since since USC back oh, September twenty fifth. Believe me, I know. I've I've had to, uh, <laughs> I've had to do some, some live streams to to make sure I'm tapping in. Oh yeah, no. So I, I know for a fact that getting you know ESPN after you know the uh, the pretty heavy dose of Pac-12 crew will be a nice little change of pace, and obviously a, a night game at Reister Stadium, the first night game. Uh, since Hawaii back uh, night game by official kickoff time, I should say back by um, back in September when they kicked off at eight o'clock, seven thirty is the kickoff this weekend, and you know we'll get into that contest uh, in just a little bit. But Jared, since they finally have achieved it, I'm curious just to kind of get your thoughts on bowl projections real quick. We just did a fresh update this week at BeaversEdge.com and got the whole rundown on where uh, multiple different news organizations are projecting Oregon State to go. Jared, any of those bowl games and potential matchups, did any of them catch your eye? Because I know one absolutely caught my eye, and, and I'm selfishly looking for and hunting for one matchup now. <laughs> uh, there's a couple I would say that definitely caught my eye and a couple that didn't necessarily catch my eye. <laughs> They're a, a bad game to go to, but uh, I've, I've, seen, I've seen my share of Sun Bowls, and I think that a lot of people kind of agree with me in that line of thinking. Um, but there are some, some really interesting games. Um, I know earlier North Carolina was one that was on there and, and they're kind of reappearing again, yep. uh, which I think is a fun opponent. I think that's a really good opponent, honestly, for Oregon state, but that's that Sun Bowl projection. Um, yep. so that's kind of a, that's kind of a give and take there because again, Sun Bowl is not, in my opinion, not the one that I'd like to see, yeah. but North Carolina, I think, would be a really, really, really good matchup for them. Um, otherwise, you know, I, I guess, I guess Las Vegas Bowl, you know, is probably the one that that you'd like to to go to because I think that's a trip that you and I both have to make. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's it's one of those things that I'm I'm totally being selfish here, Jared, and and you know, for everyone that's listening, they can totally, you know, just full disclosure, you know, I. Like El Paso probably wouldn't be the highest on my, you know, like I'm going to go to their bowl game regardless this year, obviously, because it's what I do for beaversedge.com. But, you know, selfishly, I, 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 I've heard that maybe El Paso isn't quite as desirable as, you know, maybe some of the other ones listed. And obviously it's projections, but it's early. Jared, the one that just I, I almost wanted to put it in big, bold letters when I saw it. Sporting News has Oregon State projected to be in the Las Vegas Bowl against Purdue yep now wouldn't that be intriguing how much uh, how much would that be intriguing to you to see Oregon State play Purdue again just just appease me here for this this thought it'd be it'd be fun but man Purdue's a weird team you know I mean, they are they they're, are they're the 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 David versus Goliath type of team I right mean, right every time they they go up against a top 10 team they're just the best team in the country. Um, but then, you know, obviously they, they played Oregon State earlier this year. And again, you know, to my point, since Oregon State's one of the best teams in the country, they just played, they played incredible. Um, so it would be interesting. I'd be happy to see it personally. I mean, yeah. I'd be all right with it. And obviously, again, selfishly, the location's pretty <laughs> Yeah. As Jared mentioned, a couple uh, projections for the Sun Bowl against North Carolina. So that's, uh, that, that one's in play for the Beavers. Um, a couple projections for the L.A. Bowl. 
which is the um, Pac-12 versus the Mountain West. Um, been seeing some projections for potentially Oregon State versus San Diego State. Jared, San Diego State, you know, usually a pretty good opponent. I think that'd be uh, a pretty tough matchup. And then, of course, the uh, the only other one being mentioned is the Las Vegas Bowl. So it's kind of starting to whittle down into a few projections based on what they think and also have to mention uh, the Holiday Bowl being uh, uh, mentioned in there as well. But I think, Jared, at this point, it's fun, obviously, for us to kind of project and talk about now that they have six wins. But there's still so much to be played out, even in the conference championship week, that could determine, you know, the, the Pac-12, you know, where guy or where teams go and so on and so forth that, you know, as I wrote this last week, Oregon State has the potential to finish six and six. Jared, it's a small chance, but as I wrote about earlier this week, they still have a chance to win the Pac-12 North. So the range of outcomes and possibilities, depending on what happens in this conference these next two and in some part three weeks, it's impactful. It sure is. It sure is. I mean, the an eight and four finish, as you mentioned, while it's it's definitely less likely, I would say, than seven and five. Um, it's still certainly a possibility. You know, who's to say they can't do it? I mean, they 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 beat Oregon last year. Uh, if I remember correctly, they beat Arizona State too. So, uh, no, lost to Arizona State last year, but typically, I think last year it ended a pretty good streak that Oregon state had typically, typically Arizona state does not like coming to Pacific Northwest in November. Yeah. Yeah. I I can see why. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, I think it's two good matchups for them. And obviously Oregon is, is going to be the team that everybody looks at. That's real big and scary and whatever, but I don't think Oregon state sees them that way at all. Um, And I, I agree. I don't think they should because I mean, obviously last year speaks for itself. But regardless of their rank, regardless of, of, of whatever, I think it's a team that Oregon State can beat. Uh, but they definitely have to get rid of that away game mindset that, that they're in. Um, they're going to have to, to play their best game for sure. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting because, you know, before we get into Arizona State, I do want to set the stage for this just a little bit these next two weeks. There are three things, Jared, that need to happen for Oregon State to have a shot at you know, setting up potentially a winner-take-all matchup in that rivalry game to close out the year. And, you know, it's a stretch. It's a long shot. I'm not going to say that it's not. But in the words of, you know, Lloyd Christmas, Dumb and Dumber, you're telling me there's a chance. So, you know, Oregon State needs to take care of their own business first. As you mentioned, they need to beat Arizona State at home and beat Oregon, which will, you know, is it impossible knowing what we know? No, because all bets are off in a rivalry game. That's first. Next, Oregon State needs to be big-time Utah fans this weekend because if Oregon beats Utah this weekend, Oregon, Jared, other than making the playoff, you know, doesn't, you know, at that point they've clinched the Pac-12 North. It's out of the question. So Oregon would need to fall to Utah this next weekend, which, again, with how the Utes have been playing recently in Rice-Eccles Stadium, not a gimme for the Ducks by any means. And then finally – Washington State would need to lose one of two to either Arizona or Washington. So, again, a bit of a long shot. But if Oregon State handles their own business, Jared, and just takes, you know, takes themselves, everything else will fall into place as it's supposed to. And I think, you know, you take it one week at a time. Oregon State's got one game left against Arizona State at home and then obviously the rivalry game. And more than anything, Jared, I think the priority right now has to be 
sending these seniors out with a win because they deserve it. I mean, you go back to, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, the fact that I bring up guys like Andre Hughes-Murray, Trayvon Bradford, who have been with this program since 2016 and have seen it all and been through it all and have seen the lowest of the lows and have, you know, believed in Smith to get to where, you know, they are now. I, I think it's going to be an awesome atmosphere. And then you toss in, obviously, the uh, the fact that the 2000 Fiesta Bowl or 2000, 2001, whichever date you want to technically say, the Fiesta Bowl team is going to be uh, put into the Oregon State Hall of Fame. Jonathan Smith is going to get to catch up with some of his old coaches and teammates. You know there's going to be some of that, you know, the Fiesta Bowl vi- vibes in the air and, you know. Hey, with the with the jerseys too. Throwback uniforms. Obviously, thanks for reminding me, Jared. I would have potentially missed it there. Maybe the cleanest Oregon State uniforms I've seen. I agree. Like, I – these might be my favorite Oregon state uniforms that they've ever put on. And so much so Jared, that I actually heard that there, uh, there's a contingent of, uh, of a fans that are already like, Oh man, we should maybe just stick with this look. Because as you saw, they reverted back to the old logo uh, for this weekend as well. Went back to the, the fierce beaver, uh, as they so say, it's hard to believe that you could throw back because uh, Oregon state switched over to their current logo in 2013. But, eight years is enough time to already throw back, I guess. And, you know, throw back to uh, an obviously super special team, Jared. The, I don't think any argument from any Beaver fans, probably the greatest Oregon state football team, if not at least in the modern era without question. And I think that atmosphere is going to be electric. And as I mentioned, you know, we'll see what the weather holds, but typically with the exception of last year where, Arizona State was able to get the the win in the finale against the Beavers. Arizona State, pretty typically, they, they don't like getting too cold up here in the Pacific Northwest, Jared. What, uh, what, what does the weather look like this Saturday? Let's, let's take a look, shall we? Let's see. For Corvallis, Oregon on Saturday. We are – so we got a 7.30 kickoff, so you're going to have whatever uh, is going on late at night. It's going to be cool. In terms of – so Saturday night, you got a low of – 34 jared love it love it low low of 34 yeah for 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 the for the uh arizona state sun devils coming up from tempe you know it's we joke and say you know haha can weather be a factor well you know it it can be when you're not used to playing in it i think that's going to be something that definitely works in oregon state's favor but jared let's go ahead and kind of dive into the contest itself what are your some of your first impressions from this matchup obviously Arizona State, they were originally expected to maybe win the South this year. Obviously, um, Utah has kind of taken that mantle. They lost a couple games, you know, in conference that I know they necessarily didn't feel like they should have lost, most notably to Utah. And then uh, a puzzling loss to Washington State where Arizona State really didn't show up. But then they bounced back in recent weeks with wins over USC and Washington coming into Corvallis. How do you see this? How do you see this being a match? Like, how do you see this matching up for Oregon State, Jared? What are your initial thoughts on this one? Yeah, I think uh, I think they're two pretty similar teams, honestly. Um, Arizona State got got off to a pretty pretty hot start this year um, and beat maybe some some lesser opponents before getting really into the to the kind of muck of the schedule. Like you mentioned, had the the blemishes against Utah and Washington State, um, which is a team that that got the best of Oregon State as well. Um, I, I really see a lot of similarities in the way these two seasons have, have 
kind of played out. Um, and I'm excited that both teams are off of a win. I want to see, uh, you know, a really, really good team. And I, I think, I think it, it really helps Oregon State because I think Arizona State would be that much hungrier for a win if they weren't on, uh, coming off of two other ones. So I'm excited for that. Um, I, I, think it, I think it's a really good matchup for, for kind of both teams. I, I think we're going to see a really good football game this weekend. Yeah, more than anything, I'm very curious to see defensively what how Oregon State looks. I mean, obviously on offense, you know, we we know what we what we get with Oregon State, and I think Arizona State will provide a pretty decent you know challenge in that regard as far as being able to, you know, throw some wrinkles at Oregon State's running game, throw some wrinkles at Chance Nolan, bring some new kinds of pressure. You know, Arizona State, Jonathan Smith and his staff have been very complimentary this week of just how, you know, athletic, mobile, agile, and how well, you know, their defense plays well in space. So I think that'll be a challenge. But on the other side is the matchup that I'm more curious to watch, and that's Trent Bray's defense versus Jaden Daniels, Arizona State's quarterback. He really is one of the more special quarterbacks in the Pac-12, in my opinion, if not right there at the top, his ability to, you know, extend plays, be able to make plays with his feet. He's a very good runner. He's very... You know, he's got great vision, takes multiple guys. You know, if you have, for instance, a linebacker on him, he can, you know, juke that linebacker out and then be down the field very quickly. When I was catching up with, you know, our sister site earlier this week, Jared, uh, uh, down at uh, Devil's Digest, I compared Jaden Daniels a little bit to Jaden Delora from Washington State as far as just what his skill set is, kind of being that real mobile quarterback who can throw, who can, you know, keep a play alive just two seconds longer to get a guy open or beat a guy in space. And I think back to that game against Washington State when Jaden Delora was able to give Oregon State some problems with his arm and his legs. That matchup, Oregon State's defense and what Trent Bray schemes and adjusts to do for maybe the most mobile quarterback in this conference is going to be interesting to me. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I agree with what you said. I think uh, I think Daniels is a, a special special guy. I, I have seen a little bit of kind of, and I, not to make too many comparisons, but I think I think he he's a little bit similar to to Chance Nolan in the sense that if you if you get the run defense going and you force him to to start throwing the ball, that's where you have your best chance. Um, not that he's not a, a skilled passer, but I just think that that's where you're going to be Arizona state. Um, and I, I really think Oregon state has a good opportunity to do that. I mean, the run defense is obviously really solid last week um, as well. I mean, really, I mean, there's no complaints from the defense at all last week. So if they come out playing like that again, I agree. I think, I think that's, that's going to be their best recipe for winning this game. Um, the offense continue to just do their thing. They don't, I, I don't think it has to be a game where they score, you know, 40 some odd points wants to win um but the defense is gonna have to to play and, and luckily for Oregon State I think their offense is good enough to where even if even if the the defense isn't playing as good as they were then they still have a chance uh not only in this game but really in every game of the year yeah it's interesting that you brought up uh, that matchup and, and and I would agree it's one of those things Jared how do you how do you think Oregon State's offense will match up only because Arizona State's got the number one off or number one defense in the Pac-12, allowing just 322 yards per game. For perspective, the Beavers are middle of the pack, allowing 388. But 
Arizona State, pretty stout against the run, pretty stout against the pass. This reminds me a little bit of when the Beavers played Utah uh, a couple weeks ago and were like, hey, you know, Utah's run defense versus Oregon State's run offense, what matchup ultimately wins out? And we kind of saw, thanks to some second-half adjustments, the Beavers were able to ultimately win that contest. But I think this is a case, Jared, where Oregon State can't be, you know, scared into going away from their script. They're a run-first team. They open up the pass with the run, and I think you've got to stick with that and hope that you can open up some holes for B.J. Baylor, Deshaun Fenwick, and Trey Lowe to be able to make some plays in space. And I think I, I can't, couldn't agree more. I mean, I think that's what they've got to do. They've got to play their game, uh, make make Arizona State play play Oregon State's game, um, and I think they can do that. I mean, it's definitely interesting. You know, I, I, I agree that we're going to have to see them play as good a defense as, as they have previously, but we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, I, I really like this matchup. Again, I think we're in for a really, really good football game on Saturday. Um, and it's going to – I hope it's going to be a good one because there's going to be some, uh, some, some interesting guys in town as well. You know, Jared, it's funny. I, I have a feeling that it's going to be Sunday when, where you're at when this game is still going on. So I still think right, it could be. Got, I've got two pizzas ready to come late on Saturday night. So I'll, I'll be staying up. There you go. There you go. Again, Oregon state facing error or facing Arizona state research stadium, senior day, 7 30 PM on ESPN on again, on Saturday, stick with beaversedge.com as we'll have complete coverage of Oregon state's uh, home finale. And Jared, I have to mention this as well. We don't know exactly what it's going to look like next year in like the quote unquote construction year of 2022, um, getting ready for it to be ready by the 2023 season. But from what we've been told, the demolition, renovation, whatever you want to call it, of the west side of Research Stadium is going to start after this Arizona State game. At this moment, I don't know if I'll be in Research Stadium's press box next year, if that side will be partially open, partially not closed. But it's also kind of a cool deal that they got to six wins. The construction's going to start on the new state on the new side of the stadium. That's going to be something that Beaver fans have been extremely excited about for years. So I would just tell all Beaver fans that are going to be there on Saturday, take a moment, take in the West Side, a lot of history because there's a chance here in the next couple of years it's going to look well, actually not a chance here in the next couple of years it will look a lot different. Yeah, absolutely. Take it in, soak it in. It's a good time uh, to be an Oregon State fan right now. And there's a lot of exciting things happening, um, but we've got to enjoy the history while it's still here. And uh, like Brendan said, there's a good opportunity to do that this week. So I'm excited. Uh, again, there's there's going to be a a lot of a lot of interesting visitors in town if you want to start getting into that. Um, because last week last week was a good list. There's no doubt, but there's a there's a lot of official visits happening this week. Obviously, with it being Oregon State's last opportunity to uh, you know, have kids on campus for games this season. Um, it's a, they're definitely making the most of it for sure. Without question. And, you know, obviously Jared, now that you've got to six wins, is this your biggest sell weekend of the entire year now? It's, Hey, look at what we've done. We've been telling you we're going to get to this. Here it is. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to say if, if, you know, if this is like the week that everything kind of comes together, because I, I think it's kind of just been a compilation more so than kind of one moment. Uh, I, I think if, if, if all these recruits, which we obviously have a lot of reactions 
uh, right. over on the edge. But if if all the recruits have been keeping their eye on the games, which which I know they have, um, then they've definitely been able to see it. And yes, this is a great opportunity for them to come and see it one last time in person this season, um, which is exactly what's going on. So I'm I'm really excited. There's some big names going to be there. Um, I would definitely make sure you stay stay tuned in to or, or to beaversedge.com for that. We're going to have a list up here soon. Uh, there's going to be some JUCO guys, some some commits, some 2022 uncommitted players, some 2023 guys who are really high up on their on the uh, priority list. So definitely a really, really strong list this week. Uh, and another reason that we hope Oregon State brings their A game for sure. You certainly got to uh, appreciate Oregon State, you know, trying to strike while the iron's hot. I think that's 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 what I'm seeing from this weekend is, you know, they're definitely going to try to get as many, you know, visitors, I think, as they can into this contest, just from what we've been able to see. And, you know, for good reason, as we mentioned earlier, they're going to be honoring one of the greatest Oregon State football teams in history. Uh, Jonathan Smith, obviously being a part of that, being the quarterback, being the captain of all that really, really cool deal. And, you know, Trent Bray, obviously being the alum that he is not on that team, but him being, you know, coaching, coaching another game at home with his defense and that interim label. I just think there's going to be a lot of good vibes at Reister Stadium this weekend in a place that you're going to want to be. So again, as Jared mentioned, we will have that complete visitor list at beaversedge.com. Make sure to stay tuned for that. And just while we're on the topic, you can go ahead and join beaversedge.com free for 30 days. You can uh, get all of our coverage, recruiting, uh, in-depth videos, uh, all the premium stuff that we have going on. So it's a great time. You can join risk-free for 30 days. But Jared, before we go ahead and wrap up the podcast, I want to also take a, a chance just to let you speak on um, a story you wrote yesterday. Oregon State made the top five for offensive lineman. Is it Tyler Knack? Is that how you say it? It's a, it's a tough last name to pronounce. We'll have to, we'll have to ask him for the pronunciation, but we'll, we'll go with that for now. Yeah, and uh, just, you know, obviously Oregon State makes the cut at top five with a couple of schools that, you know, respectfully, in recent years, you wouldn't have seen Oregon State make the top five in. So I would just like to get your two cents on how surprising it was to kind of see that, or maybe not, maybe surprising or not surprising to see offensive linemen are paying attention to a, what Coach M is building in the trenches, and B, how well these Oregon State running backs are running behind them. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, there's no doubt. There's no doubt about it. Uh, we, we've always kind of given Coach M a lot of props, and, you know, he's continuing to, to earn those this season. Um, already a, a pretty big offensive line class, but this is kind of like a guy that, regardless of the numbers, you you, you make the room for. I mean, he's six foot seven, 300 pounds, obviously has – decides to play anywhere in the country. Um, but, yeah, interesting. It, it's an interesting list. Um, Utah, USC, Arizona State, Oregon State, and Virginia. So he's obviously there um, to see two teams because he's, uh, he's got both the Beavs and the Sun Devils on his list. So it's going to be a, an eye-opening experience for him. He's already visited USC and Virginia. I don't think he's made it out to Utah just yet. Uh, but certainly a, a good – good good list to be a part of he's kind of had his uh his recruitment really take off these last last couple months um and Oregon State did, did a really good job to to join the mix just just a month ago and, and really establish a good relationship and you know get get among that that final group before the end of the season so definitely a, a visitor to keep an eye on hopefully we'll be able to 
to get in touch with him and, and have some, some more information for everybody on him. You mentioned just kind of the list, Jared, and I'm, and I'm curious, do you think if Oregon State isn't where they are this season that they make this top five? Uh, you know, that <laughs> it's hard to say, man. There's a, just to, I'm just curious on your speculation because I, I see some of those schools that you mentioned there, and those schools are postseason regulars. Right. And, you know, and may, maybe not Virginia as much, but I don't want to I don't want to discount the Cavaliers coached by hey, they're having a good season, too. Yeah. But coached by Bronco Mendenhall, of course. So, yeah, I, I just I look at that group and I say, hey, you know, not it's not a bad thing, but I say, oh, Oregon State's kind of the new guy in this group a little bit. Right. Kind of the new guy coming in. And like I said, I just think more and more eyeballs have been opened to this team on the recruiting trail this year. And, you know where it was, you know, two, three years ago where it was selling a vision that was down the road. Now it's a vision that like, you know, you can go tell X, you know, X recruit who you think could take you to the next level and be like, Hey, look, we're at six wins right now. You come here, we can get over the hump and go even further. And I think that's what's going to be so key for Oregon state and kind of maintaining Jared is everything that I know about Jonathan Smith and his staff. They don't want to go six and six every year. That's not what they want to do. They want to be competing for Pac-12 North titles every year. And whether or not you think that's realistic or not is, you know, up to you and your opinion. But that's what they're building towards. And I guarantee that's what they're selling on the recruiting trail. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Kids want to be a part of that. That's why it's tough to answer that question because it really is dependent on the player. I mean, a lot of times with uh, – different recruits if you if you get in earlier and you have that time to really establish a strong relationship throughout the process then you can definitely point to that being a reason why they could be among a list like this but because of the time it's hard to not look at the success that the team's had and, and really look at that as the reason why they may be may be on this list because a month isn't a lot of time uh, to really establish themselves and there were some teams who have definitely been recruiting him for longer uh, but like you said, there's there's a vision and it's it's certainly although it's it's being seen through, it's it's certainly not even close to uh, to the end of the process. So I think I think people are taking notice of that. And, you know, it all starts it all starts on the recruiting trail um, and they're, they're putting together a good class for sure. Certainly. And again, as Jared mentioned, December 15th signing day, uh, there's going to be a lot to look forward to it here at BeaversEdge.com as we've got. Oregon State wrapping up their regular season. They're going to be awaiting their bowl, uh, their bowl location. We've obviously got signing day coming up mid-December. Uh, Oregon State men's and women's basketball is kicking off. So don't move anywhere. BeaversEdge.com is the place you want to be. Again, you can join free for 30 days. Just head on over to BeaversEdge.com to our main landing page, and you'll see all the instructions there. Jared, before we wrap up, I just want to give a quick little update and rundown on what's going on with the basketball teams. Uh, starting over on the ladies' side, the Oregon State women's team off to a two and zero start this year. Uh, they got uh, loyal, or they beat Loyola, Mount, Loyola Marymount, excuse me, uh, by thirty uh, last Friday, and then last night, Wednesday night, uh, defeated California Baptist eighty to seventy two. They uh, obviously uh, were in a bit of a bit of a tight contest with the. Uh, Cal Baptist last night before able to pull away uh, late in that one. And then they've got uh, a game Saturday uh, noon against uh, CSU Bakersfield. So if any of you Beaver fans want to have a really, really long Saturday, 
go check out the uh, women's game during the day. Go have some lunch, hang out with your friends, and come back for the uh, the football game later that night. Um, they uh, just have the one more game uh, against Cal State Bakersfield before heading off to Daytona Beach, Florida during Thanksgiving, uh, rather right after Thanksgiving for matchups with Michigan and Notre Dame. And switching on over to the men's side, Jared, after that season opening win against Portland State, back-to-back losses for Wayne Tinkle's group as they fall to Iowa State and Iowa and then fall to Tulsa. Not... I, not the ideal start that you were looking for coming off of this season. And I know we've seen, you know, some, some reactions uh, on Beaver's edge about, Hey, you know, this, this doesn't look so good early on, but it's just that it's early on. Oregon state is a team who is replacing their point guard and Ethan Thompson this year and amongst putting guys into new roles. I don't, I, I don't, I'm not too worried about this team. Jared, do you think it's a little too early still to put any kind of uh, you know, for sure thing on this team? Absolutely. Yeah, 100% is. I mean, who would have looked at last year's team after the first few games and said they were going to go to the to the Elite Eight? Um, I don't think I would have. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's, I think yeah. it's definitely a little, little too early. I mean, you see it all the time in college basketball, teams finding their identity uh, later on in the year. So, so plenty of time. Uh, you definitely want to start getting for just for, for tournament purposes. You want to want to have a good resume, uh, non-conference and, and conference. So you want to want to make sure that you write the ship here soon. Uh, that's not to say you need to win every game, though. But, yeah, definitely a little early to, to really have a good judgment of, of what this team's destiny could be. But, again, want to, want to start making some things happen here soon for sure. Yeah, Oregon State's got a matchup tonight uh, facing off against Samford, the Bulldogs, uh, in uh, Gill Coliseum, 6 o'clock Pac-12 Networks tonight. Then they – face Princeton uh, on Sunday. So I have to ask Jerry because the Oregon State women's team is going to Daytona Beach, Florida for two games, Friday and Saturday following Thanksgiving. The Oregon State men's team is going to Niceville, Florida for two games against Wake Forest and then LSU or Penn State on Friday and Saturday. That's a pretty good deal for these basketball teams to be able to head down to uh, a little closer to your neck of the woods yeah. uh, in, in a bit of a rainy time. I, I'm trying to wonder how I didn't get an invite on that trip, Jared. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> it's going to be nice down there for sure. I mean, they're going to – I'm sure they're going to enjoy themselves. I actually – have you like have you been to Niceville? I actually did not know where that was until I looked it up and kind of realized it's a little bit more on the panhandle side near kind of like Destin. Yeah. But yeah. I had never, I'd never, I'd never heard of it before. No, it's not a, Nashville's not a really touristy place, uh, but they do, they do have a really good football team. Um, mm, interesting. Interesting. Well, yes, again, Oregon State uh, basketball team's going to be spending the, uh, the latter part of the Thanksgiving weekend down in Florida. So that'll go ahead and uh, wrap up our recap on the men's basketball and women's basketball teams. Again, make sure to stay locked to beaversedge.com as we'll have, Complete coverage of every game and live updates uh, on our damn board as well for our premium subscribers. So make sure to stay locked in to that. And again, just a reminder that Oregon State will be facing Arizona State at Research Stadium 730 on ESPN. Make sure to keep it locked to beaversedge.com. We'll have complete coverage uh, pre, during, and post game. As Jared mentioned a little while ago, we'll have official visitor lists. He'll have his starters, his recruit story. Uh, we'll be, uh, obviously, as we mentioned, talk, catching up with our sister site, uh, Devil's Digest, to learn a bit, little bit more about the Arizona State Sun Devils. So 
wall-to-wall coverage ahead of you the next couple days here at beaversedge.com, so make sure to go ahead and keep it locked. Jared, appreciate uh, you jumping on the pod with me, as always. Should Absolutely. be uh, an, an exciting uh, home finale for the Beavers this weekend. It sure, it sure should. I'm, I'm excited, man. There's a lot of opportunity ahead. Um, hopefully they make the most of it. All right, well, that'll go ahead and wrap up this edition of the podcast. Big thanks to Jared Hallis for joining me, as always. So for Brendan Slaughter and Jared Hallis, signing off on this edition of the Edge podcast. We'll be back next week to break down the Arizona State game and look ahead to the rivalry game against Oregon.